we're back. Okay, I know I haven't put out a show in a long time, and I'm really surprised that uh, any of you are still out there. But you know, the funny thing about podcasting is you have to want to do it. You have to want to close yourself up there. Just move the mic, mic back a little bit there. It was a little, little loud in my headphones, a little too much snare in the headphones, okay? Uh, you have to want to close yourself up in a weird little room and stare at the same weird mark in the wall and look around at all the craft supplies and wonder where the scrapbooks actually are because they're not materializing, okay? Sorry about that. My favorite part about the show is that Sarah doesn't listen to it, so that's really working for me right now. All right, so what have you missed? A lot of things, actually. I'm going to start with today and work my way back because it's really not that interesting. I've come out with a strong start, and I feel like I'm just going to peter out from here on in. But having said that, take a drink every time I say having said that. Um, today, like, I okay. So I'm in the room that I'm in. It's the craft room. It will hopefully someday be a baby room. But it's what it, in this room holds the once upon a time closet. The clothes I used to wear pre-pregnancy, pre-child, pre-not um, really giving a shit about my appearance. Um, like I've always been ugly, but I haven't always been fat. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I like to call my once upon a time closet. And it's got all the clothes I used to be able to fit into and there's that weird part of my brain that thinks I could totally fit back into those clothes someday. The elusive someday. And if you know me in person or even through this podcast, you know that I am ridiculously cheap about stupid things. Like I will gamble without batting an eyelash and just be like, well, whatever. It's only 50 bucks. Well, that was the good old days. Now it's like, oh, it was only like seven bucks. But really, I could take that money and buy myself something. Because essentially I need to rebuild a wardrobe because essentially I don't feel like I'm going to ever fucking lose any weight because apparently uh, I'm just eating myself into a fucking coma or something or I've got the metabolism of a, a, like a turtle. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure what's happening here. It's really, really exciting. Anyway, so I haven't been buying clothes. Like Sarah, my significant other, if this is your first show, um, she's my lesbian life partner. Uh... Here's another who's the man scenario for you guys. It's, it's a common theme through this show. It's a thread. Straight people always wonder who's the man. And I always think it's really funny because I don't know the answer to that. So here's another who's the man scenario. Where I'm about to barbecue, which I feel is a, you know, a quote unquote manly type duty. And Malcolm goes to the patio door and he's like, oh, there's a dead bird on our deck. And I was like, shit. Because, you know, I mean, he's old enough. He's three and a half. He understands what it means when something's dead. Like when he looks into my eyes, he sees that I'm dead on the inside. So he recognizes that the bird is dead. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, like I am, I am the Joe Pesci in this relationship. I feel like I should be the one to deal with this dead bird because I feel like it's the fatherly thing to do. Except for the fact that I, I'm scared of it and I don't really want to do it. So I'm like, okay, Sarah, like, what do we, what do we do here? Like, should, should we put it in a bag? And Malcolm's like, don't put it in a bag. And I, I don't want you to put it in a bag. I was like, okay, sure, no problem. So I was wishy-washy. I didn't know what to do. And Sarah's like, get me a bag. And I said, okay. Because you know what? Honestly, I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to be the little woman. I, I don't kill spiders. And I don't want to deal with dead birds. So she said, well, what would happen if he had died in the wild? He'd just like lay on the ground, right? Essentially. And I was like, yeah. So she goes out on the deck with this plastic bag in hand, grabs it, and then throws the bird 
she throws the bird across the deck after, you know, mindfully looking around to make sure no one was looking. She threw the bird like 50 feet into the air, into the tree, came back in, dusts her hands off. And she's like, well, that's the end of that, I guess. And uh, I, I was so happy that she had done that. And she dealt with that situation because I just didn't, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Okay, that's a side note. So now, okay, once upon a time closet, it, it occurs to me that I'm fat. And when, when Malcolm was four months old for my birthday, Sarah bought me a new pair of mom jeans. And, well, she didn't present them as such. And Sarah has a history of, okay, who's the man in this scenario? Of buying me gifts that she'll think I like. Like one time, for example, this is going to make her look terrible, but she doesn't listen to the show and she's not here to defend herself. And that's a how I likes it. So she has a history. So one time, this was way a million years ago before you could buy a car that would let you play your iPod through it. So a million years ago, you could buy a thing that went in your lighter and you'd sit your iPod in it and you'd tune it to a certain station and it would play whatever was playing on your iPod. Say it would tell you to tune it to 97.2 or whatever. So you tune it to there and then you would actually be able to listen to your iPod in your car which I thought was a cool thing. And then um, she bought me one as a quote-unquote gift. And then uh, she ended up returning it for some reason. I don't remember why. And I ended up buying her the same thing, except she kept hers. So I was like, okay, I didn't get, I didn't get a present that year, apparently. And then the next time I wanted a hairdryer because like I shower at night um, when I work because showering in the morning in the winter you know, your hair freezes. It's not a wonderful thing. So I told her I wanted a hairdryer. So she went and bought me a hairdryer and then I didn't really like the one she bought. So she returned it and then never bought me anything else. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a theme. And then, um, there was another year where she bought me an Apple TV. And I know a lot of you would be thinking, wow, that's really thoughtful. Like what a cool, thing to get you know it's a neat thing you can play Netflix on it you can watch YouTube on it show me you could I don't know I'm sure it'll it'll get you pregnant if you look at it right that's how cool it is and she gave it to me and I, I looked at it and I'm like are you are you serious why well I said you basically got me a VCR for my birthday yeah well I, I was like that's not a that's not a birthday gift for me she's like it's it's like for the household and I said yeah it's for the household. And don't get me wrong. I know I'm coming across like a spoiled little bitch here. But it's like, to me, it's in the same vein as like getting a woman an ironing board for her birthday. It's for the household. It's not for me. It's like, I don't, I mean, I appreciate it, but it's not for me. It's nothing that I like. It's like buying, it is, it's like buying a VCR for the house. Well, Thanks for that. And she doesn't even mean it. In, in every one of these instances, she had really good intentions. But anyway, what was the point? Well, I'm really just trashing her, but it's okay because she'll never listen to this. So that's all right. That gives me license, right? Thank you for agreeing. So it's one year, Malcolm's born. I'm obviously, it's winter now. And I'm obviously not going to fit into any of my jeans because I'm still morbidly obese. And she was very thoughtful. This was actually one of my favorite gifts that she ever got. She went to Mark's Work Warehouse and she came back with a pair of jeans and I put them on. They were, of course, mom jeans and they fit. And I was so happy. And I have been wearing those jeans every time I leave the house and I have to go somewhere. The one pair of jeans for 
three years now. I were coming up on the third year anniversary of me wearing those jeans and they're ripped and the elastic's kind of worn out and the bottoms are all ripped and there's a paint spot on them and they're just haggard and shitty. And I loved those jeans. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, this will bridge the gap from my being on maternity leave and relatively large to my going back to work and losing a lot of weight. And I did lose a lot of weight when I went back to work. I had a really awful, awful hemorrhoid uh, enraging root. Like my, I had hemorrhoids and they were bleeding because of how much weight I had to carry and people don't fucking shovel. And it was like a 22 kilometer on average day, every day, all day through sand, essentially like, like snow, like snow that, you know, no one ever shovels. So you're basically on the same goat path every year or every day. And it was fucking freezing. So I did, I got down to, I think 140, which is a fantastic weight for me. Like it's not, I'll never be 120 pounds again. It's just not going to fucking happen. I mean, unless, unless I have cancer, that's just not happening, but I was happy at 140 and it was great. And I was, I was on my way. I could fit into a couple of my pairs of my jeans and it was great. And then I went on vacation and gained 10 pounds. Weird, right? In two weeks. Isn't that fucking like, like you really have to apply yourself to gain that much weight. And then I got my very own route, which was really easy, really easy on the body. Everyone shoveled. It was really relatively short and compact and wonderful. And then I gained another 13 or 14 pounds. And then um, I broke my shoulder and I tried. I tried to eat well at first and then I thought, I just don't fucking care anymore. So I bought myself a kitty cat sweatshirt and I got a big bowl of Cheetos and I just fucking pigged out. So now I am just as fat as when I was before the mat leave or before the mat leave was over. So I'm as fat as I was the first time I went back to work, which I mean, thank you very much. Not too shabby. Round as the new thin as they as they as the, nobody says, right? Okay, cool. So it's occurred to me that we are going to France soon. And there was that weird part of my brain that thinks I'm going to lose 80 pounds before we go to France. Do other women do that? Like, do you, do you have like a thing that's coming up and you're like, okay, I've got four weeks. I can totally lose 10 pounds a week. And by the time we go, I'm going to be perfectly fine. Like, it's just totally makes sense. Like, fucking possible. It's not realistic, but there's a part of my brain that does that, that thinks, okay, so, okay, if I lose like two pounds a week and I stay home for like six years, yeah, totally, yeah, I can, yeah, that'll totally make sense, I can totally do that. And I've been to Europe before, and I've been to Italy, not to France, but I know enough about Europe that appearance is more important than anything else. I know because my cousins will eat like seriously pasta with butter on it for weeks on end to buy a $200 shirt. That's like fashion and image is more important than anything else. And it occurred to me, like, I know I'm going to go there fat. There's no getting out of that now. I've kind of, kind of put myself in this position, treadmill or no treadmill. It's just not going to happen for me not to lose enough weight to go and be in a, you know, the mini skirt that I, and fishnets and high heels that I really should be wearing with my varicose vein legs. It's not going to happen. No, I can run until I'm fucking dead. It is not going to happen. So it's occurred to me. Now, I'm already going to go there fat. And French people hate fat people because Italian people can't stand fat people. It's like a total stigma. So whatever, I don't care. 
I'm going to be fat and obnoxious and you're going to fucking like it. It's not so much the fat. It's the homeless look that I'm trying to avoid. So all the only pair of jeans I have is the haggard um, old mom jeans that I got for my birthday with like the paint mark and the stretched out elastic and everything's gone horribly wrong. So today I told myself, today's the day, self, I said to myself. So Mark's Work Warehouse, who I know from previous experience, that's where Sarah bought me my jeans from, has jeans. And they have a buy one, get 50% off. And I'm all for that. Great. So I go in there. And the last time I physically myself went jean shopping was seriously three, three and a half years ago, probably. Maybe even more. Maybe even four years. I, I don't even know. It was basically my child's lifetime and then some. Because I got my maternity jeans as a hand-me-down from Courtney. So yeah, it's been a long fucking time. Not that you need like a fucking chronological evolutionary scale of my jean wearing, buying habit activities. Because I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Okay. So I go in there and I've got young Malcolm and he's my kid and I love him and he's just smart as a fucking whip. Sarah had an Arbon party. Do you know what that is? It's like Avon, but like not really where someone comes to your house and you have your friends over and you spend like $70 on wine and snacks, apparently, which is what we did to have this party and you get a little gift or something and a discount. So, um, we had an assortment of crackers and all of Sarah's friends were there and we asked Malcolm what kind of cracker he would like with his brie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kid is fucking awesome. And he said, um, I would like the octagon cracker, please. And everyone kind of just stopped chewing and they had that, what the fuck, look on their face and they looked at him. Because I'm sure that their husbands don't know what an octagon is. And my gorgeous, long-eyelashed, handsome-faced, big-headed, full of brains, a uh, child asked for the octagon cracker. Come on. I'm not even going to save for my retirement. I'm just going to live in his basement because he's going to be a doctor, maybe an astrophysicist, engineer. God, I would love if he was a mechanic. I know mechanic is like, you know, but mechanics are awesome. You have to be so smart and you have to like know where all the nuts and bolts and shit go. Like anyway, I'd be very proud if he was a tradesman. Oh, I would be so proud. Okay. Why did I tell you that? Oh, and then I bought, okay, because I like, I have wicked bad BO and I don't know what to do about it. It's like I need to shower twice a day or drink way more water. So in this Arbonne catalog, I was like, oh, they have a mint deodorant that's regularly $19 that I can get for $12. Well, fuck, I'll try anything at this point, okay? So I buy the mint deodorant, I have a nice shower, I shave my armpits, and then I put the mint deodorant on and it's as though my armpits have been bathed in bleach. They're just burning and red and store and inflamed because mint isn't conducive to a nice relaxing calm armpit it's a very tingly burny thing and i still have bo go figure not fucking fair i think that's total bullshit anyway so that was the arbon party oh i made such an asshole of myself in front of her friends and i didn't even mean to <laughs> but i get nervous and then i drink and then I, I finished my one beer and that was going to be it. Because when I have my second beer, that's my know-it-all beer. And that's when people start to um, want to choke me. So they're like, aren't you going to have another drink? And I said, you know, I shouldn't. Because I have a, I have a history of being inappropriate and, uh, and embarrassing my girlfriend. And they're like, you should have another drink. And I said, yes. I said, yes, absolutely. Why should I hold myself back? And then I made some domestic violence jokes. Oh my God. I know, I know. But uh, it settled down shortly after that. So don't worry. 
don't worry. I just threatened to beat my lovely wife in front of her friends for my own amusement. And at least her friends laughed. So I felt that that was good. Okay. Sorry about that. Domestic violence. What's up with that? Okay. My mind is racing. So we're at Mark's work warehouse. My child, my lovely child uh, is tolerating me. He's letting me look. And I got to tell you, the last time I went jean shopping, I was not a double digit uh, size. I don't remember. I could have been like, like, it depends where you go. You know, some places it says nine, but it's really an 11. And other places, you know, it says seven, but it's really a nine. Do you know what I mean? So I don't really, anyway, having said that, having said that, have another drink. I had to go to the bottom of the pile because I am now a size 14. Yeah. Oh my God. Does that mean I'm really a 16 and they just make it look like a 14? I can't think that way. I'll just have to kill myself. Basically I'm a weeble is what's going on right now. And if there was ever a, a motivator to eat well and exercise, isn't that size 14 it? I believe so as well. So I'm looking through and like, I don't know, I don't know what happens when you hit mom jean age, like I'm at Mark's work warehouse. And if you're, if you're American, that means like, it's just a, it's kind of like a, a store you'd buy stuff for work at. And it's also a store your mom shops at. And I'm a mom and I know I'm not, you know, gonna wear a turtleneck tucked into my high-waisted jeans with a big silver belt buckle. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not cardigan mom. I don't have short feathered hair. I just... <sighs> okay, anyway, my life has just changed. It's just different now. And I just need to learn to accept that or do something about it. So what I'm going to do is tell you about my mom jeans. So I'm looking down into the pile. I get myself a 14 in a few different pairs. And Malcolm, of course, is picking up pairs that he likes, which are purple and red. And they're skinny bottomed. Like, I don't know what mom should be wearing skinny jeans. Not I. Most certainly not I. So I get my big pile. I put the, I go into the change room. I put them on. And, you know, I don't even care anymore what I look like. Like, as long as they are fit in length, I don't really care what my ass looks like because it's... It's just holding up my pants, really. You know, no one... No one's looking at me. I've got the mom cloak of invisibility, and that's totally cool. And... You know, I should be dead inside completely, but there's a part of me when I grabbed those jeans and I, I read the label, it was like control top with curve fit technology. Like I'm so fat <laughs> and soft and doughy that there was a, a technology had to be developed. <laughs> To harness, <laughs> to be harnessing and sucking in and pulling up all of that in. There had to be a technology developed. Do you understand what is going on? There was a group of men and women who were extremely educated, who had to sit down and solve the curve tech problem. Someone had to sit in a room with like a laser pointer and a whiteboard. And the problem was doughy middle-aged moms need pants. And we have to come up with a technology for that. They can't just wear pants. 
We have to come up with a system to gather them up and tuck them in so they don't offend us with their mom fupas, their doughy centers. We need to... Yeah, fuck cancer. Cancer's next week, okay? Let's get our fucking priorities straight. There's a lot of gunts flopping around out here, and I don't want to hear it, and I sure as hell don't want to see it. That's what I imagine their meeting went like. Okay, cool. That's cool. I'm down. I'm up if you're down, if you know what I'm saying. So I, I'm like, okay. And I picked out whatever the fuck, you know, I found one pair that was like really soft and I looked at them and like, I can, like, I could have shot an arrow. They were so stretchy. Like I could have snuck, snuck an arrow in there and probably shot it with how much stretch and spandex were in these jeans. But I looked at them and they were like a hundred dollars. And I don't really care at this point about the price because I'm only going to buy jeans once every four years, apparently. So who fucking cares? So it says on it, looks like jeans, feels like yoga pant. Okay, you had me at hello. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, please. But they had like, you know when you see douchebags with their tap out shirts, you know, and they have the, the really busy jean pant pocket? I just feel like in a mom jean, less is more, right? You don't want to draw attention to your size 14 ass with curve tech technology. You don't, you want to, you want to just ghost on by. You just want to sneak past. You don't want to fucking set off sparklers and put them out into your back pockets. No, no. I mean, I know you guys, these engineers have the, have the curvy technology down pat, but could you do something about the fucking pockets? Like, you'd be saving yourself money by not putting so many threads and rhinestones and sequins and stupid fucking shit on the back of a fat woman's pants. <sighs> okay. That's all I have to say. Okay, I'm not going to go on anymore. I feel like I've really expressed myself. I feel like... We're kind of one with the jean pant at this point. I gathered all my shit up and uh, head to the cash. And I've been to this warehouse before. And I distinctly remember this guy that works there. He's very unusual looking. He's very darkly complected. He looks kind of like some kind of Persian, maybe some kind of Arabic. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he'd have, he'd have like foreskin or not. I'm not sure what kind of... He could be Jewish. I don't know. Do Arabs cut their foreskin off? I don't even know. I wish somebody would tell me. Do Muslims do that? I don't even really know. I don't even understand. Anyway, the point being, he's really brown, but has really startlingly blue eyes. Like, he has the blue eyes that belong in a ginger. Do you see what I mean? Like, they're shocking. And that's why I remember him. And it seems like every fucking time I go there, you know, every four years to buy pants, he's there. And it's like, like, why are you here? Like, is this all you can do? I don't know. I mean, why don't you... Aren't you in school? Like, I just feel like he can do more. Although I shouldn't, because... Anyway. So he's there, and I recognize him. And I lift my 400 pounds worth of denim onto the counter. And he's scanning them up. And he's like, oh, how many pairs do you have? And I said, four. And he said, okay. Um, so with, with these, not only do you get buy one, get one 50% off, but... For every two pairs you purchase, you get um, 
seen reward points equivalent to one free movie pass. So he's like, you're going to get two free movie passes. And I said, well, that's, that's great. Cause now I can put on a pair of my mom jeans and go to a romantic comedy. And he just looked at me and I understand a lot of people don't understand me. I don't know why I keep trying to make people laugh because no one gets anything. And maybe it's cause I'm so deadpan. I guess that they don't really know what to make of me, but I find there's like 80% of people out there don't get anything. And I should stop trying, but I won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Mm-mm, nuh-uh, I won't. I need to entertain myself. And uh, he said, okay, um, yeah, right. So um, did you find everything okay? Why are you, why do people, who? Okay, I'm gonna go on a little, a little rant here. Who the fuck? researched this question and thought it would be appropriate to ask every customer in every store at every purchase. If I didn't find what I was looking for, I would ask you, why are you asking me? Is there, did you find everything you were looking for? No, no, I didn't. I, I need help. Can you please find me these in a size nine that I won't fit into? Can you put me in a fucking time machine back to 2010 and get me a size 28 in these fucking pants? Okay, a little far. I think I'm just having a real sensitive moment here. Just uh, going through the five stages of grief. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Okay, let's, let's just move on. Okay. I just, I'm just feeling a little emotional. And I feel like I own that and I'm entitled to my feelings and uh, I'm just going to roll with it. You know, I just, why should I, why should I feel bad about feeling my feelings? Right? Am I right? Okay. So he folds them all up and he's like, oh, I'm going to need the big bag. And I was just like, you son of a fucking bitch. Fuck you. Fuck you. You work at fucking Mark's Work Warehouse and you're making fat jokes, you son of a cunt. Just kidding. Okay. Right. Okay. So, uh, I feel like that's about it. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this on pause and think about my thoughts for a second. Just pardon me. Okay. I've thought about them and I've actually thought of one more thing that made me angry. You're making me angry. We got Malcolm a Hulk costume for Halloween and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. He's putting it on daily. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. Okay. So after, cause like the, the key to parenting is bribery. I find and after the debacle at Mark's Work Warehouse, um, we, I promised my kid a chocolate milk. And I needed a coffee because there's no fucking way I'm getting through today without a coffee. And uh, so we go to Tim Hortons and I got my niece an ice cap. I'm holding an ice cap and a cup of coffee and Malcolm is holding his chocolate milk. So we're trying to get out of the building, right? And I don't know about you, but where I come from, if someone is trying to get out and you're trying to come in, Generally speaking, you hold the door open, whoever's coming out goes out and you go in. So there's two doors. A woman is holding the first door for me. And I was like, sorry, sorry, we're in the way. And then the, an old man is holding the other door. Like he's not holding it wide, of course, though. He's holding it open just enough for me to get by. Just so I have to brush up against him and, uh, and struggle to get out. So I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know we're in the way. And then I walk past him and I walk about seven or eight more steps. And then he said, how about a thank you? And then he shuts the door and I was like, you son of a fuck.
fucking cunt. Like I, I know I'm kind of crazy right now and I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit off. Uh, I don't seem very balanced, uh, emotionally, but I'm not rude. You know, I'm not, I'm not rude when it comes to stuff like that, but I got, I stood there for a second and in my fantasy life, I would like to have taken my, my, my cup of coffee and thrown it at the door at him, the closed door. Cause I didn't want to hit him. I just wanted to scare the shit out of him. But in my mind, I feel like I said, sorry, acknowledging that he was putting himself out by, you know, the exhausting activity of partially holding a door open for me. I acknowledged his sacrifice on my behalf. Like he really fell on that sword for me. And I feel like I said, sorry, I excused myself. I said, I'm sorry we're in the way. And he wanted a thank you as well. Well, listen to me, sir. The sorry was the thank you. It was the acknowledgement of your effort on my behalf. So how about you take that huge cock out of your fucking tiny, sad little old man ass and put it in your mouth? and choke on it. And your wife looks like a haggard bitch. Okay. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. The sorry was the thank you. Okay. I could have said nothing. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you so much for holding this door open, sir. I don't know what we would have done if not for your sacrifice on my behalf, as well as my son's behalf, there is nothing more I can think of to even say to thank you properly. You've done all you could for us. And I just want to let you know that I appreciate it with every fiber of my being. To you, I say, thank you a million times. Happy? Fuck. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. I feel like 30 minutes of mom pants and uh, rage is, is enough for today. Um, okay. So where can you find me? You can find me on Facebook, Sandra D. Sanchez. You can find me on Twitter, Sandra D. Sanchez. You can find me at changeofaddress69 at gmail.com if you would like. I have an old podcast that I put back up on iTunes called Return to Sender. I really think you should go back and listen to all of those episodes, starting at episode one and ending at episode whatever the fuck the last one is, and try to figure out uh, when we started wanting to kill each other. Okay? And I'm going to acknowledge right here, right now, that I must have been extremely frustrating to sit across from. But I also will acknowledge that I brought the funk. And by that, I mean B.O. Okay, so you guys go ahead and listen to Return to Sender. Check that out on iTunes. And when you look for it, it's going to be very confusing because my change of address logo is attached to the Return to Sender logo. Uh, it's the same one. Why, you may ask? Because it's the only logo I had in my computer that iTunes would recognize and accept when I was trying to upload. So figure it the fuck out, okay? All right. And Garbage Hill Podcast Network. You can check them out. I'm on that network, I think. I am actually going to guest. That's right, folks. I'm going to leave the suburbs on a show called Take a Seat with my homeboy, Chad. 
I am going to his place and I'm going to bring um, an inappropriate amount of beers. We're going to have some beers. I've never met this guy before. I enjoy his Take a Seat podcast very much. So I think you will too. He's a good interviewer. He's got a great voice. And even if it's the topic isn't something that I'm familiar with, I enjoy hearing him and what he has to say and the way he uh, is, is quite talented at interviewing people. So you should just take a listen to that. You're going to enjoy it. So I will be on that show eventually. We're recording it on Saturday, I think. So keep an eye out for that. He is also a member of the Garbage Hill Podcast Network. And I can't think of what else. Oh, the Baby Mamas Podcast. You should listen to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Give them a shout. Write them an iTunes review. Like them on Facebook. They're a couple of gals. Just got married. Very funny. Very, you know, anybody, I feel like anybody can do a podcast on a hockey team or about video games or about wrestling. It takes a real human, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like it's a very vulnerable thing to put everything out there. And those, those young ladies at the baby mama's podcast are sure doing that because anybody can talk about things that don't matter like mom jeans, but they're talking about their emotional struggles with, you know, getting, getting pregnant and they're, they talk about openly about their families and it's just, it's just really rare to find that. So I don't usually push a bunch of podcasts, but this one is special. I feel, I feel like you should all go and have a listen because they're doing what podcasting was meant for. They're letting down their walls to complete and total strangers. It takes a lot of balls to do that. It takes a lot of fallopian tube to fucking make that happen. So please go listen to them. What's that show called again? I can't remember. The Baby Mama's Podcast. Really? The Baby Mama's Podcast. Oh, I get it. Because they're two mamas and they want to have a bit. Okay. Great. Okay. I, I understand. Okay. I'm going to put Tails in right now. I haven't heard from Tails in a million, bajillion, gajillion, fazillion, wazillion years. And her episode had is, is headed... Or the heading is... Oh, I'm getting tired. It's just not going to go well. Uh, so Tails sent in an episode about camping. So I am going to put that in and stay tuned after Tails is camping for a replaying of the Mom Jeans skit from SNL. Thank you. No, I'm, I mean it. I don't know how I would have gotten out of this building if it weren't for you half-heartedly holding this door open. I can't thank you enough wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Tails. I've been out of the loop. I've had quite a busy last little while working six days and whatnot. Um, I think I should tell you guys a story about me camping. I have no idea what's been going on in the podcast, and I apologize for that. Uh, my computer is kind of on the fritz, and I'm scared to turn it on uh, in case my hard drive decides to die and I lose all my stuff. So... You know, this is going to come a little bit late, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'll try and get updated as soon as I can. All right, so uh, August 1st, me and my wife, we took a much-needed vacation uh, away from the city to go camping in St. Malo. Uh, so we get there, and we bought a tent, and we bought a queen-size mattress, and it's, like, triple thick, and it's, like, pretty much camping in style, I guess. It's a six-person tent. It was pretty roomy for the two of us. I liked it. Um, our lot was actually probably the biggest lot that you can get for ten tenters like the rv lots are obviously a lot larger but uh we were just 
tenting it. So uh, we took a walk around the bays and found out that, yeah, man, we got the biggest space. And I had people, people were, like, driving up and checking out the space and got all disappointed when they heard we were there for a whole week. Um, yeah, it, it felt pretty good. I'd like to brag, brag about that. Um, let's see. So the first night we get there, it's a Saturday, and we get the tent set up. And we got a ride there with the in-laws. And uh, so it took a while to get the tent up. I mean, it only had five poles. Five poles, four people. You think we could figure it out. But, you know, it was it was a little bit of a rough start. Uh, we started a fire. And then we had dinner and the in-laws left. And uh, we went wandering around in the dark with our flashlights. And we found our way to the beach. And we were planning on taking, like, a a midnight swim kind of thing, but seeing as it's August, uh, it actually gets really fucking cold, like cut glass with my nipples kind of cold. So we kind of just put our feet in the water, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. There's no fucking way. And then I look, I look to the north, and I see these lights in the sky. And I was like, babe, I, I think there's lightning. And she's like, no, no, it's fireworks. It's fireworks. Okay, so we kind of leave it be, and... I look back up, and there's more lights to the east. I'm like, that's not fucking fireworks. That's lightning. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. So then I saw a couple more flashes. She saw them too, and, and she's like, okay, yeah, that's lightning. So I was like, okay, we better get back to camp. You know, our windows are open in the tent, and we got shit hanging out everywhere all over the lawn and whatever. So we, we get to camp, and we move everything inside the tent. Uh, and literally the second we got in the tent, it downpoured, thunderstorm, like crazy, lightning, thunder, the rain was intense, like, uh, uh, we felt the, the tent kind of move around a little bit, I was a little concerned, because we just got the tent, so I wasn't sure, but storm lasted about an hour or so, and our tent held up, so that was nice, so that was a, that was the first night, um, then on the Sunday... We had no guests. We were trying to get my family over to come visit, but nobody was available. On Monday, I was supposed to see my aunties, my lesbian aunties, but unfortunately, uh, I got some news a couple weeks ago about my one auntie having cancer, so uh, they ended up having to go to the hospital. They were camping in the same campground as us, but in the trailer area, so they had to go to the hospital, so I kind of missed, missed out on that. It was a little upsetting. And then... Um, Tuesday, uh, my coworker Sergey, who's Korean Russian, he came down to the campground and spent the night with us. And uh, like this guy, he looks straight Korean, but he his accent is straight Russian. It's kind of confusing, but it's also pretty awesome. So I told him to bring firewood because firewood is like the lifeblood of camping. You need it for light, you need it for heat, you need it for food, you need it for everything. So what does he come with? Because his English not so good. He comes with two gigantic bags of charcoal and some smoking apple wood. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We use the charcoal in the morning to cook breakfast, so that, that, that's not so bad. Uh, so, yeah, he spent the night. It was his first time camping in Canada, and he had a really good time, so that was, that was good. That was nice. Then on a Wednesday, we had, after he left, we had no guests, and we kind of just hung around and... I think we went to the beach twice that day. But the thing is, is, out there, like, when the sun is on you, it's 
bloody hot. It is so fucking hot, it's not even funny. But then when the cloud covers the sun, the wind picks up, and it was cold. But Wednesday was a really nice day. Uh, Thursday... Nope, Wednesday wasn't the nice day. Tuesday was the nice day. Sorry, I'm all over the place here. Uh, Wednesday, actually, uh, later on in the afternoon, it started to rain. It was off and on. It wasn't so bad, but, you know, we were stuck. Yeah, we were stuck in the tent. And, uh, yeah, so that was a little boring. We played Crazy 8s. We played Crazy 8 Countdown. We played War. We played Go Fish, but we couldn't remember how to play Go Fish, so we kind of made up our own rules. I don't know if they're right or not. Um... Then on Thursday, uh, it was also raining all day that day, so we were stuck inside the tent. But good news, my auntie um, got out of the hospital, and she came back to the trailer, so we went over there. and had. I had a chance to um, ride an electrical bike, one of those little scooter things. It could only go up to 32 kilometers an hour, and it was super fun, except for when I hit the rocks, I kind of almost wiped out. I would have felt really bad. But uh, it, was, it was nice. I got to visit, and it was a little sad and depressing. And when we got back to camp, we had a rainy fire because it was just spitting. So we had a rainy fire, and, you know, my wife was just all upset. You know, what if that happens to us, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of a sad night that night. Friday, however, um, our last full day there, it was beautiful outside. We played some mini golf, and... Uh, we had fire, and we had a nice dinner. I think we had Smokies or something, of course. Um, but Friday night, here's the thing. <clears throat> okay, I'm very, very aware while I'm sleeping, so I'll, I'll wake up to anything. Well, we went to bed probably around 11 o'clock at night, and I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning on sa Saturday morning to a nose pressed right up against the tent, and I, I heard this breathing like... <laughs> It was fucking weird. So I, I kind of wake up, and I'm listening, and I look at this nose, and it's fucking huge. And I hear kind of like, the day before, we, we threw out some pizza bagels, but I forgot to move them away from the tent. So I hear this creature, like, kind of grabbing at the, the container for the pizza rolls and whatever. And then I, I kind of felt, I saw the nose again on the side of the tent, and he started, like, grabbing at the tent a little bit. And then it... it it started digging in the ground, and then I heard him walk away, and my heart was just in my throat. I was, because there's been a bear around St. Malo for the last little while, but they haven't caught it yet to re-release it. So <clears throat> immediately I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to die. There's a bear or a coyote, because you can hear the coyotes every, every sundown. You can hear them howling in the far distance, so I wasn't sure. So I, I'm freaking out. Of course, I wake up, and I have to pee. But there's a fucking bear in my lot. And I turn over to Karis. And well, that's my wife, by the way. Turn over to her. And I wake her up and I'm like, babe, 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 there's a bear. Or a coyote. And she's like, oh, it's fine. Just go back to sleep. And then, I, and then she, she kind of wakes up a little bit. I'm like, fuck, I'm so scared right now. Like, I don't know what to do. So we hear it kind of wander off. And it starts playing around with our, our recycling bag. So it has a bunch of beer cans and pop cans and whatever not. And it, you can hear it crunching the cans, like, just crunch, crunch, crunch. And, you know, of course, I really had to pee. And it's so, obviously, well, she was like, well, you know, I haven't heard the cans crunch for a while, so I'm sure you can go outside and you can go pee in the bush. And I was like, well, I don't really want to. And she's like, why don't you look outside to see if the bear's still there? 
I was like, well, I don't really want to do that either. So I found this like disposable coffee cup that we had. And I was like, babe, I'm going to pee in the cup. And she's like, don't pee in the cup. And I was like, I'm peeing in the cup. So I like whipped down my pants, whipped down my boxers and put the cup up there. And I'm like, she's kind of looking at me and I was like, look away. Don't judge me. And I started peeing in the cup. And uh, she's just fucking laughing at me. She doesn't think any of this is a big deal, but I was about to have a heart attack because the fucking bear's nose was right beside my face and I just had to pee. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, and then the next morning we came back and played more, well, we got picked up and played more mini golf and it was uh, it was a really good time. I kind of look brown, like m like you can might actually tell that I'm native now, which is all right, it's all right. Um, yeah, we got eaten by mosquitoes. There was a few hornets. Uh, and the thing about not having a TV when you're out in nature and not having music or anything to do, and it's just the two of you, you start acting a little crazy. We started naming all of our wildlife that would come and visit the campsite. So we had Basil the rabbit. We had Jimmy the ant, who died when we flung him off the tent. Uh, we had Joe the chickadee, who flew into our space all the time, and he was really close, really friendly. Uh, we had Jane, this little buzz buzz thing. I don't know what the fuck it was. We just named her Jane. And uh, Bruce was this big-ass fucking hornet, probably the size of a toonie that was going around and kind of terrorizing us for a bit. And then after he left, we had a, a smaller hornet. <coughs> we had a smaller hornet, and we named him Bruce Jr. And uh, there was Chip and Dale, the chipmunks, which is not very creative on our part. And then there's Joseph the fly, and Joseph the fly was an asshole, and he kept fighting all the other flies, and, uh, yeah, so you kind of go crazy. And, uh, number one tip if you're ever going camping, keep your fucking food out of your tent. Thank God I put those pizza buns outside of the tent the night before. You never know what's going to stop by. Um, also, small town folk, I, f like, I'm so used to how creepy and how weird and slow and dim-witted they may seem, but my wife was just taken aback, like, we went to the restaurant in town, and I ordered a steak sandwich, and I was like, oh, yeah, can I add some mushrooms to that? And she literally stood there and stared at me for, like, two minutes. And she's like, you want mushrooms? And I was like, yes, it says right here that if I want to add mushrooms, I can. And she's like, okay. So she leaves, and then she comes back, like, a minute later. She's like, so do you want only mushrooms? Like, you don't want anything else on it? And I was like, no, add mushrooms. And my wife is just so taken aback by this. Also, at the co-op, I got, um, I got, I, I bought some alcohol or whatever, and I gave her my ID, and I gave my wife's ID. My wife's 19, I'm 24 now. And uh, so she looks at her IDs, and she, she looks at me, she's like, you're old. And I kind of chuckled, because I don't really get that too often, because I look like a 16-year-old kid. And I, I was like, I'm old? What do you mean? And she's like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's not how I came out. Like, you just look old for your age. And I was like, yeah. Or you look young for your age. And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I'm okay with that. I can still get away with student bus passes, so win for me. Anyways, this has gone on way long enough. I don't even know if this is entertaining, but uh, take care, everybody. This has been Tails. Are you looking for the perfect gift for mom this Mother's Day? Introducing Mom Jeans, exclusively at JCPenney. Mom Jeans, Mom Jeans. Mom Jeans fit mom just the way she likes it. Mom jeans. She'll love the 9-inch zipper and casual front pleats. Cut generously to fit a mom's body. She'll want to wear them to everything from a soccer game to a night on the town. 
And with your choice of ankle length, capri length, or shorts, you'll find the perfect jean for even the least active of moms. So this Mother's Day, don't give mom that bottle of perfume. Give her something that says, I'm not a woman anymore. I'm a mom. Get a free applique mom jeans vest with every purchase this weekend at JCPenney. 